mainstream media is dominated by the right and the left. The majority in the middle are left without a voice. You've reached the Conservative Hippie Podcast, a common sense look at life, the universe, and everything. Here's your host, Jay Frat, the Conservative Hippie. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Thank you for joining me once again. It is a community that we are building one person at a time. Each week, it amazes me the new people I come across that identify as conservative hippie. It's actually starting to flip. I got so much hate in the first few years of people saying it's an oxymoron or or you can't be a conservative and a hippie. And what those people don't know are how many people that contact me and say, yes, I identify like that. I dig what you're laying down, man. Uh, just recently, I went ahead and I finally kind of put together a piece that I think is a great introduction for the show. I turned it into a podcast, but if you go to theconservativehippie.com and you click on the defined uh, button at the top, uh, that's where an article will be where I tried to take the time to lay out my definition of what a conservative hippie is. Um, and I kind of laid that out there, and I would love for you to read it. Give me some comments. Give me some feedbacks. Tell me where I'm crazy. Tell me where you agree. Um, because in this world, we all need to be pliable, right? We all need to learn a little bit from each other, and we all need to have each other's backs tap us on the shoulder when we're led astray a little bit. Today's show is very interesting. A rising star within the Trump GOP a retired Air Force intelligence officer, and the longest-held United States hostage in the history of the country. Sprinkle in a little sugar daddy dating website and a convicted fraudster, and now you have a glimpse of the Matt Gates hostage rescue blackmail sex scandal. That's what we're going to do the show on today. One of the most difficult tasks I encountered when working on this podcast was where to start. The chronology of events is confusing and marred by anonymous sources. The tale quickly branches out into seemingly disconnected threads of information. It's hard to see the story from a high elevation to put it together, and the varied political interests involved muddied the factual playing field especially in this day and age of media narratives where you have a lot of stories that are anonymously sourced, and that's a lot of times what they are, just stories. So we're going to try to sift through the facts and the documents, and we're going to indulge some of the stories. But throughout this podcast, I will try to be as clear as possible what information is factual and what information is gleaned from dubious sourcing. One thing is for sure, Matt Gates is a smarmy dude. Matt Gates could be described as a Trump loyalist. He could be described as kind of this new wave of the GOP. He's pro-cannabis. He's pro-freedom, pro-liberty, um, kind of sticks a thumb in the eye at cancel culture and this uh, uh politically correct culture on steroids. Um, he's, he's popular, but there's always been something about him. Whenever I saw him on television, 
Um, I would agree with a lot of the things he was saying, but smarmy, smarmy is the perfect definition. It, you know, when you describe somebody who has a plastic smile, right? Somebody that's handsome, but creepy also. I would say that describes Matt Gates very well. I was trying to think of a cartoon uh, series or or back in the 90s, there were always these, uh, there was this new technology where they would almost add plastic um, hair onto these real life characters, you know, or cartoons that blended a little bit of cartoon. I'm thinking of Lazy Town for the kids. I'm thinking of Dog Boy on the former uh, MTV Liquid Television. That's what Matt Gates reminds me of. Like, like the hair just isn't real. Like it's something synthetic and plastic that's been placed upon his head. Let's go to Google though. So, so I don't want to lose you. Smarmy. What does it mean to Google? What is a smarmy person? Smarmy describes someone who is overly flattering and fake. A smarmy student might tell a teacher, you're looking even more lovely than usual today, with a big smile. Smarmy describes someone who goes way over the top, trying to be suave and charming, fooling no one. I think that, I think that if you're going to look up smarmy in the dictionary right now, I think Matt Gates' picture would be right there as an identifier. But who is Matt Gates, and where has he come from? He, of course, is the Republican United States representative for Florida's first congressional district since 2017. But formerly, between 2010 and 2016, he was a Florida State House representative from Okaloosa County. His dad was also in politics. He was a businessman who made millions in hospice care industry, who was elected to the Florida State Senate between 2006 and 2016. So Matt Gates uh, not only comes from Florida state politics, uh, but it's also in his family. And since Matt Gates, we're gonna get to the, to the story, we're gonna cover all the angles, but since he's been in the news in this way, okay, with kind of explosive allegations coming from uh, liberal newspapers and perspectives, many women have come out and kind of described and um, given anecdotes about the smarmy nature of Matt Gates. Uh, there are stories of him sharing naked pictures of his latest conquests um, on the state capitol grounds. Um, well, let's just let's just hear uh, a little bit of audio that one woman who was sufficiently creeped out by Matt Gates and always kind of kept him at arm's length because of the uh, feelings she got around him. My dear Anna, this is your favorite tax collector. I'm up in the panhandle with your favorite U.S. Congressman, Mr. Gates. Hi, Anna. And uh, we were just chatting about you and talking about your lovely qualities. And your... We think you're the future of the Democratic Party in Florida. Well, see, I know you're the future of it, so there's no thinking involved. Anyway, uh, if you get this and you feel like chatting, give me a shout back. Hope you're well. Hope you had a nice fourth. Later. There are enough anecdotes out there and kind of the vibe that you can get from reading into a lot of the stories that Matt Gates was a bit of a playboy. He, um, 
you know, he kind of conducted himself with women as a, as a bit of a hunter and gatherer, if you will. He was willing to hunt them down, and it sounds like he would gather as many as possible. And to be clear, there is nothing illegal about being smarmy or being a playboy or being a douchebag. Nothing illegal at all about those things. So to kick the show off, I am going to put the stamp of guilty on Matt Gates, Guilty of being a smarmy playboy, a.k.a. what you would expect from a politician from Florida where politics is in the family with a plastic smile and plastic hair. But I want to start the story here. Because that voicemail is very important. I believe that voicemail is the genesis, or at least the two voices in the voicemail, is the genesis of Matt Gaetz's current troubles. The other voice, the gravelly one um, that was uh, talking about how Matt and he were discussing the, what was it, talents? Uh Uh-huh, wink, wink, uh, of this woman named Anna. Uh, is Joel Greenberg. Joel Greenberg was the Seminole County tax collector at one point in time, and he was good buddies with Matt Gates. And I, you know, I took a while. I, I, I didn't quite jump at believing that uh, Matt Gates was friends with Joel Greenberg, but there are many evidentiary uh, notes and circumstances that tie the two together um, from the days when Matt Gates was a Florida state um, uh, representative and Joel Greenberg was the Seminole County tax collector. So their relationship is verified. And I believe this is where the story begins. This is your favorite tax collector. Joel Greenberg. Smarmy could not begin to describe Matt Gates' associate, Joel Greenberg. Mr. Greenberg was elected to the position of Seminole County Tax Collector in November 2016. His campaign ran on a platform to destroy corruption inside the Seminole County government. But before the end of his term, he had been arrested and charged with numerous federal crimes he allegedly committed while executing the public service duties of the tax collector's office. Some highlights of the accusations include stalking a political opponent, using public money to fund his re-election campaign, and of course, child sex trafficking. This is your favorite tax collector. Legal trouble started for Greenberg with his re-election campaign. It is alleged that everyone's favorite tax collector fraudulently represented children from the school his campaign rival worked at. He created letters from the children that accused his opponent of sexual misconduct. Then he created fake Twitter and Facebook profiles to support the claims in the smear campaign, allegedly. Investigators have released that Mr. Greenberg left DNA and fingerprints on the letters. And the fake social media accounts were all created 
from the same IP address. The location of the IP address was none other than Greenberg's home. Generally speaking, criminals don't always have the highest IQ. Greenberg's charm is only matched by his intellect. This is your favorite tax collector. Upon closer scrutiny, it is alleged that Greenberg was using the Seminole County Tax Collector's office as a fund for personal gain. A guy that promised to end corruption in the Seminole County government seems to have become drunk with power. There are stories of Greenberg pulling over speeders with his tax collector's badge and open carry pistol on his hip. It is alleged he used over $400,000 in public funds that he embezzled from the tax collector's office to buy cryptocurrency and sports memorabilia. Curiously, during Greenberg's reign, the tax collector's office spent more than $1.4 million in legal fees. A typical spend during the same time frame is less than 30000 This is your favorite tax collector. Over $1 million was spent on consultants. It is alleged that these consultant entities were created after Greenberg took office and quickly dissolved after he resigned. Further rumors question whether these consultants were associated with Greenberg's wedding party. Auditors discovered one interesting purchase by the tax collector's office. In May 2017, a company purchased land, a building, and office furniture. The next day, the tax collector's office paid nearly a 40% premium for the same properties. I'm sure officials are looking into the beneficiary of the deal. Surprisingly, even after Greenberg was arrested and resigned in disgrace, he continued to use the government to line his pockets through fraud. He has been charged with fraudulently obtaining over $400,000 in economic injury disaster loans earmarked for small businesses impacted by the coronavirus pandemic. Amazingly, I'm leaving out numerous allegations made by federal prosecutors. The indictments read like a laundry list of bureaucratic shenanigans. So much for ending corruption in Seminole County. This is your favorite tax collector. But one of the very first charges against Greenberg is where we're going to circle back and pick up the trail of the Matt Gates saga. I just wanted to give you kind of a feeling and understanding of how corrupt this associate was and all of the allegations brought forward against him. So much in our politics and modern times seems to be littered with these characters that, that put up a campaign slogan and a poster for one thing, and then they go and do the exact opposite. And it doesn't matter which party affiliation, anybody who claims that only a Republican would do something like this, or only a Democrat is capable of something like this, are just fooling themselves. All right, now back to the Matt Gates saga 
and this allegation, this indictment, this charge against Greenberg that is tangentially associated with Matt Gates. Federal prosecutors are charging Greenberg with child sex trafficking. In the indictment, it is alleged that Greenberg entered into a sugar daddy relationship with a minor between the age of 14 and 18 in 2017. Prosecutors allege Greenberg recruited, enticed, obtained, maintained, and patronized the teenager. Speculative reports allege Greenberg and Gates used a website called Seeking Arrangement to solicit willing partners in a pay-for-sex scheme that a minor was wrapped up in. And this is where you have to start thinking about proven or likely allegations brought from the government and salacious rumors turned into headlines by the newspapers. Clearly, we outlined um, the shady dealings of Joel Greenberg, and we have confirmed his uh, relationship with Matt Gates. They were friends. Now, in this indictment, he's charged with sex trafficking of a minor. That's a very serious offense, and along with it comes a lot of connotations that, that send the mind into dark imaginations. But other reports have come out and said that this person, again, in the charging document that says between the age of 14 and 18, what does that even mean? It was all it was all alleged to happen in 2017. Why don't they give the age of this person? Why do they say, oh, between 14 and 18? And that matters, right? Because as soon as you cross this threshold of 18 years of age, someone becomes an adult, and they're capable of their own um, thinking and understanding, and uh, with the, the description of enticement becomes very different when someone's, when a young woman is 17 or 18 years old. So in a lot of ways, what this story is saying is that the couple of smarmy guys, one of them with near-proven uh, uh, corruption uh, in public office, although it's alleged at this point the stories are gross and seem to have a lot of corroboration, they sprinkle in this sex trafficking, this, this highly um, charged term and, and charge, this indictment. And what does it really mean, though, on a factual basis? In, unless this person is definitely a minor, which, which is alleged in the indictment but not clearly put forth, it seems that it's one of those things that's thrown out like chum into the, into the, uh, into the shark-infested waters of the media to just go crazy on it with headlines. Because, as Matt Gates has pointed out, 
There's nothing illegal about being a single man who, um, as I put it earlier, uh, perhaps has a pattern of hunter and gatherer, hunting hunting down his prey and gathering as many as possible um, from a uh, perspective of a frat boy uh, that wants to put numbers on the board, if you will. And now they are alleged to use this website seeking arrangement, which is a sugar daddy website where all kinds of women uh, would go in and say the things they want, whether it's mentorship, shopping sprees, gifts, uh, and in exchange for men or women, I guess you could swap this, uh, who have those means um, that are looking for companionship. You can then go and you know take the extra step and say that it's sex, and of course there is the possibility of nefarious um, activity within this model, but it is a website open on a platform, and they explicitly say um, that sex is not offered. It's not a um, quid pro quo, if you will, in terms of the arrangement that these men are seeking. So it kind of sounds like some uh, official business-like um, swipe left, swipe right uh, app on your phone, except for with uh, business transactional um, levers attached. But there you go. That is the complete story of Joel Greenberg, the associate of Matt Gates, And it has just come out in the last couple days that Joel Greenberg is going to cooperate with federal prosecutors. And Joel Greenberg's own attorney said um, of this potential plea deal, quote, I am sure Matt Gates is not feeling very comfortable today. That was said by Joel Greenberg's attorney. Okay, so we've got the beginning part of the story. There is so much more to this story. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to get to the next part. This is John Devon, The Foundation. I want to encourage you to spread the love and share the conservative hippie podcast. We are building this community one person at a time. Hey, have you ever thought about a vaporizer to consume your dry herb? It's the least damaging way to enjoy your flower. A vaporizer takes 99% of the carcinogens out of the smoking process. And I know the perfect vaporizer just for you. Smoke and Jays developed the perfect vaporizer over years of trial and effort. Click on the link in the show notes. It will take you to the smokeandjays.com perfect vaporizer page. And a 15% discount will automatically be applied to your purchase. It's palm sized for portability and it has three different temperature settings to customize your vaporization experience. It truly is the perfect vaporizer. 
the complete Matt Gates story clogging the media has many branches, one of which was that nefarious Greenberg character. Another is Bob Levinson, inauspiciously known as the longest-held hostage in United States history. Bob was a retired FBI agent turned private contractor. He was sent on a secret mission for the CIA to investigate the Iranian nuclear program in the mid-2000s. He was last seen on the Kish Island, a tourist hotspot off the coast of Iran in March of 2007. A hostage video showing Levinson was distributed in 2010. In 2020, government officials with the Trump administration shared with the Levinson family vague evidence that Bob was dead. No details of the death or the evidence has been given. A man by the name of David McGee is the lawyer who represents the Levinson family. McGee worked with a man named Bob Kent in the past efforts to rescue Bob Levinson. Kent is a retired Air Force intelligence officer and former federal prosecutor in Northern Florida. In 2018, Kent had a plan to pay the hostage takers $100,000 for proof of life and then an additional $150,000 for the release. The plan was scuttled at the last minute by government officials who were dubious of the intelligence behind the rescue plan. Okay, now you know most of the players involved. This is where the story gets a little squirrely and picks up pace. The New York Times released an article based on anonymous sources that Matt Gates was the subject of an FBI investigation. The Times reported that this investigation was started under the Trump administration and Bill Barr was updated regularly on its status. The investigation centered around child trafficking allegations. Within days, Congressman Gates appeared on the popular Fox News show, Tucker Carlson Tonight, with one of the more bizarre stories in modern times. The New York Times is running a story that I have traveled with a 17-year-old woman, and that is verifiably false. People can look at my travel records and see that that is not the case. What is happening is an extortion of me and my family involving a former Department of Justice official. On March 16th, my father got a text message demanding a meeting wherein a person demanded $25 million in exchange for making horrible sex trafficking allegations against me go away. We went to the local FBI, and the FBI and the Department of Justice were so concerned about this attempted extortion of a member of Congress that they asked my dad to wear a wire, which he did with the former Department of Justice official. I don't think it's a coincidence that tonight, somehow, the New York Times is leaking this information, smearing me and ruining the investigation that would likely result in uh, one of the former colleagues of the current DOJ being brought to justice 
for trying to extort me and my family. So there is the explosive expose from the mouth of Matt Gates as it happened on the Tucker Carlson show. He kind of lays it out there. And one thing that's been lost in this, I guess, theory, as, you, as we could put it, um, this allegation from a congressman, is that he's saying that the timing of the New York Times story the reason that information was released was to quell the sting operation that was in place and going down, that was going to take down McGee and Kent and another nefarious character. So he's saying the timing of the New York Times article is not just to slander him, but it was meant to stop the sting that was going down um, this blackmail extortion sting, as he puts it, allegedly. Here's, here's another interesting part of the story. This is where, what we're going to get to next. In no article that I have read in my research has any evidence or named sources come forward with evidence against Matt Gates, Nothing. Not one shred of fact or evidence. But Matt Gates comes with a boatload, an armload of documents supporting what he claimed on Tucker Carlson. Let's take a look at him. There are three documents that the Washington Examiner published that corroborate Matt Gates' story that he told on the Tucker Carlson show. The Washington Examiner published the text message between Bob Kent and Don Gates. They published emails from Don Gates with the assistant United States attorney confirming the cooperation with the FBI in the extortion sting. And they published the plan drawn up as Project Homecoming. First, let's take a look at the text message that was originally sent from Bob Kent to Mr. Don Gates. It reads, Mr. Gates, I would like to talk with you immediately about the current federal investigation and the indictment that is about to be filed against your son. I have a plan that can make his future legal and political problems go away. Last summer, we located Robert Levinson in Iran and took two proof-of-life videos, but the U.S. government foiled our rescue attempt. We have one more opportunity to rescue Levinson. If you and Matt are willing to help us privately and clandestinely obtain the release of Robert Levinson, I will ensure that Matt is on the plane that delivers Levinson to his family, thus making him the most sought-after public figure in the world for his efforts to obtain Levinson's release. Then, my partner 
will see to it that Matt receives a presidential pardon, thus alleviating all his legal issues. We all know that politics make strange bedfellows. I can assure you that we have the ability to obtain Robert Levinson's release immediately, but we cannot allow the U.S. government to be involved because they have repeatedly blocked his release since his capture. Robert Levinson's health is failing, and if we are going to obtain his release, it must be done immediately. Matt is more than welcome to attend the meeting, but we are fine just meeting with you as my partner knows you are a man of your word and has a great deal of respect for you. Please call me and let me know if you're willing to meet with us immediately. I assure you that you will not be wasting your time. Bob Kent. Again, that was the opening uh, communications from Bob Kent to Don Gates. That's Matt Gates' father. And there's a mysterious figure kind of in the background. Bob Kent refers to him as his partner. Uh, I've, I've gleaned that that is this lawyer McGee, the lawyer for the Levinson family. I think those text messages... Uh, make it very clear Bob Kent's intent and what he's pitching Don Gates on. But then Bob Kent hit the media circuit, and of course, I mean, all of this extortion talk and blackmail talk, that's all just created inside the heads of the Gates family. In their hearts, their only interest was saving Bob Levinson. He even said this uh, on CNN. Uh, no, because I didn't have any details about his son. I stopped him immediately and explained that this was not an extortion attempt. And I said, look, this is a legitimate offer to help rescue Robert Levinson. I showed him the two videos that I took last summer, or that my team took last summer, of, of Robert Levinson. I explained how we tried to rescue him in, Ju in July. And said, look, I said, that operation fell apart. I lost four people. I said, we had no budget, but we believe there's an opportunity to get them out from the top down this time, but it would cost quite a bit of money. I did not see in my research these two videos, these proof-of-life videos that he's talking about. Um, the federal government has said that Bob Levinson is presumed dead at this point after 13 years as a hostage in captivity. Um, there's also been no documents to show he says he lost four team members. The last time that Bob Kent and David McGee tried to rescue Bob Levinson, the government shut it down uh, before it got off the ground uh, due to the dubious nature of the intelligence involved. So these, these are more claims um, that do not have any uh, evidentiary backup uh, or documents. Um, and so far in this story, again, the only side that has produced any documents to back up what they're saying uh, is the Gates family. So, for example, in that Washington Examiner article, they also published emails from Don Gates, that's Matt Gates' father, 
with uh, the assistant United States attorney in northern Florida. And those documents confirm cooperation with the FBI in an extortion sting. Real quick, this is the email from Don Gates' counsel to David Goldberg, Assistant United States Attorney, Northern District of Florida. Uh, And it says, As you know, my client, Don Gates, was approached by two individuals to make a sizable payment in what I would call a scheme to defraud. Don reported this to the FBI. The FBI is now asking Don to voluntarily and proactively assist in their investigation which Don is willing to do. Please confirm that your office and the FBI would like Don's assistance in this matter and that he will be working at the government's request. A very smart um, email from counsel uh, to the FBI, to the uh, attorney, uh, United States attorney in the Northern District of Florida. The response to that email was, counsel, I can confirm that your client is working with my office as well as the FBI at the government's request in order to determine if a federal crime has been committed. This has been discussed with and approved by the FBI as well as the leadership of my office and components of Maine Justice. The government thanks you for working cooperatively with the FBI. So again... The Gates side of the equation has the documents to back up what they're saying. But I will say this in that email back to Don Gates' counsel, uh, it does clearly state to see if a crime has been committed, Uh, meaning the text messages alone and Don coming to them uh, isn't really opening up an investigation, that they're still in the exploratory phase, uh, which to... Matt Gates' point on his Tucker Carlson interview, he's saying that the timing of the release of the information exposing Matt Gates was more to foil uh, the sting operation so much as it was to smear Matt Gates' name. And now for the final document, which is Project Homecoming, as put together uh, by a man named Stephen Alfred. Stephen Alford uh, was named by Bob Kent as his partner who put together Project Homecoming, and he's an interesting character. He's said to be a Florida developer, but he was sentenced to 10 years for investment fraud. He was released in 2015, but arrested again that same year on charges of fraud, extortion, and grand theft by the FBI and Okaloosa County Sheriff's Office. So that's the character that Bob Kent and David McGee are working with. That's the guy that put together this package. And a lot of the salacious juice is outlined in this document. Everything that we've kind of shown you in this podcast so far from beginning to end is culminated in this document, Project Homecoming. The facts of Project Homecoming are described below. Congressman Matt Gates is currently under investigation by the FBI for various public corruption, 
and public integrity issues. The investigation is being handled by the Public Integrity Division of the Department of Justice and is being managed out of the Washington, D.C. field office. The Office of the United States Attorney from the Middle District of Florida is overseeing the potential criminal case. The FBI became aware of compromising pictures depicting Congressman Gates and an election official involved in a sexual orgy with underage prostitutes. In Maitland, Florida, during an unrelated investigation into political corruption and public integrity in another criminal case. Subsequent information has resulted in Congressman Gates becoming a target of a widening investigation into serious underage sex trafficking, political corruption, public integrity, and other criminal allegations against Congressman Gates and others. A grand jury has been impaneled in the Middle District of Florida to determine whether criminal charges shall be brought against Congressman Gates and others. It has been confirmed that at least one underage female has testified to the grand jury that Congressman Gates has paid her to engage in sexual activities. It has also been confirmed that other individuals whom are facing serious criminal allegations themselves have testified at the grand jury and have agreed to testify against Congressman Gates at any future criminal proceedings. Our strategy for Congressman Gates to mitigate his legal and political troubles would be for him or someone else to arrange for funds required to obtain the immediate release of Robert Levinson from captivity in Iran. Robert Levinson has been a political prisoner for the past 14 years. In exchange for the funds being arranged and upon release of Robert Levinson, Congressman Gates shall be given credit for facilitating the release of Mr. Levinson. Congressman Gates shall also be on the plane that returns Mr. Levinson to freedom and shall be the person to reunite Mr. Levinson with his family and bring Mr. Levinson back to the United States. The team that delivers Mr. Levinson to the President of the United States shall strongly advocate that President Biden issue a presidential pardon or instruct the Department of Justice to terminate any and all investigations involving Congressman Gates. The team has been assured by the president that he will strongly consider such matters because he considers the release of Robert Levinson a matter of national urgency. The team is highly confident that the president will indeed hail Congressman Gates as a national hero and Congressman Gates' national and international profile shall be greatly enhanced by his key assistance in the release of Robert Levinson. Robert Levinson's release has been privately negotiated by certain United States and Mexican individuals, and the costs associated with facilitating Robert Levinson's release is $25 million. A six-month, $25 million loan is sought 
to immediately fund the release of Robert Levinson. The loan shall be repaid from the $25 million reward offered by the United States government for the release of Robert Levinson. The loan proceeds shall be deposited in the trust account of Beggs and Lane, RLLP. Attention, David McGee, Esquire. Mr. McGee shall be instructed that the funds shall be used at the sole discretion of his client without limitation of amount and use, whether it be personal or business and that his client shall have no requirement to document how the funds are used. The loan shall require no interest payment as long as Congressman Gates' legal matters are resolved to his satisfaction. The funds shall be deposited into Beggs and Lane Trust Account no later than 12 noon Central Time on Friday, March 19th, 2021 and ready for immediate disbursement as instructed by Mr. McGee's client. Congressman Gates or his designee shall be kept apprised of the progress of Mr. Levinson's release, but Congressman Gates, his agents, his heirs, and his des designees shall agree to remain completely silent as to the information received about the progress of Mr. Levinson's release. It shall be expressly agreed in writing that Congressman Gates and or his designees shall not disclose any information about the nature of the release project during or after the project's completion and subsequent to Mr. Levinson's release. It shall never be made public that Congressman Gates or his representatives or associates assisted in funding the release project. Time is of the essence in the matter of Robert Levinson's release due to Mr. Levinson's health issues and deteriorating medical condition. Please understand that this is a one-time offer and requires immediate attention and an immediate decision of acceptance or rejection. A couple of things have been lost in the bipolar media narrative about Gates' sex trafficking blackmail saga. One, is Bob Levinson alive? Bob Kent cried on CNN about Matt Gates exposing the plan and dragging the Levinson family through more trauma. He also stated that the plan being exposed further endangers Bob Levinson's life. Why haven't the proof-of-life videos been demanded from the media? If Bob Levinson is dead, it would be clear why the lawyer and the ragtag team of hostage heroes would want to keep this scheme secret from the family. The media is only interested in the salacious aspect of the story regarding Gates. 2. How often do extortion schemes like this occur? For years, I've researched the shadows of whistleblowers who testify to the corruption within our Department of Justice. The Spygate saga enveloping Trump was a high-profile example of corruption within the FBI and Department of Justice. 
what part did any active DOJ officials play in communicating secret information to this ragtag team of grifters? Unfortunately, there are too many stories of Department of Justice corruption that have gone uncovered by our mainstream media. And too many cases that have been uncovered and yet gone unpunished by our Department of Justice. Perhaps we need a new name for that wing of the executive branch. Let's be friends. We're all on this cosmic spaceship together. Subscribe and share the Conservative Hippie Podcast. Visit our sponsors, SmokeAndJays.com. Everything for your smoke and lifestyle. StonerHoroscopes.com. Adora Zen dishes cosmic vibes for the stoner at heart. KickFromTheSpot.com. Soccer is American.